Counselor Accents Podcast. Two school counselors who love their jobs. Oh, and they happen to have Southern accents too. Bless their hearts. I'm Kim Crumbly. I'm Laura Rankhorn. And together we are Counselor Accents. I was going to say it with you, but you always yell at me whenever I say it with you. So Well, and I'm never going to let you be like, just say it together in an equal voice. It's kind of like I've told you. I've got something wrong with me that I have to hear myself. It's, it is a problem. It is a problem. And uh, like at church, when we're singing, I won't, it doesn't matter what the normal part is. I want either go above it or below it. And that, and it's like, I'm always reaching for one or the other. And like I told you, one of the parishioners looked over and said, you might want to set this one out. Uh, <laughs> the last time I tried. So I know I should just say it with you, but I, that's my issue. That's, That's okay. my And for those watching, I am sitting outside on this beautiful fall day. And I'm not. I'm sitting inside and I'm listening to my four-year-old yell, Mommy, from the back because she needs a new show on Netflix. So, well, I, what do you do? We don't know. We don't know what's going on. I may happen. go sit outside. I may put her outside. I don't know. And one or the other. Well, so, today, we yeah. are talking about one of our favorite topics and you know if you are one of our listeners you know we have a lot of soapboxes that we stand up on and this may be one of our first and one of our favorite soapboxes that we got on this is making your career lessons virtually awesome one of my very favorite things that we've ever done together Kim is we presented this in Boston at the ASCA National Conference in June of 2019 we did, and and uh, we we were It was just I don't know if they were can I say tickled at us or if the material was that good, but it was overwhelmingly successful. And, and we did a uh, national webinar last year for ASCA on this same topic. So we want to share this with our podcast listeners. Yes. So we are talking about making your career lessons virtually awesome, and I just wanted to. Um, go over how our thinking about this began to change. So let's do this interview style, Kim. What what made us change the way that we teach career lessons? Well, we were asked to speak uh, at a career event uh, for our state. And it was like a career um, conference. And we packed up our fa- our tools that we use, our favorite books that we use, and and we had our our uh, you know outfits for little ones that they could wear, and we had a bag of tools, and uh, that and and we realized when we got there that every other person speaking was doing basically the same thing, and. I believe you and I had a conversation of this is the same thing that's been happening probably for the last 25 years. Nothing has changed. Now to our, in our defense, we did have, we did have an interview with um, on that particular thing uh, with the, someone that worked at Disney that hires people. But other than that, it was the same as everybody else. So Laura, We went to another conference and that was our aha moment. We knew something was missing and we just kind of put that in our brains that this has got, something's got to change in the way we teach counseling. 
So I will present you with the question, what was our next step in deciding we've got to do more for, for this 21st century learner? Well, I will never forget sitting at that technology conference and that um, 21st century learner rap came up on the screen and I I think you tried to rap along with it and I tried to stop you because please yes yes you did me in public mm-hmm. frequently but that's when we realized oh my goodness this is it because in that um, video they were talking about all the things that our students are able to do and we realized that we were kind of limiting them by teaching them tools and these books over and over again. So that inspired us to dig a little bit deeper. And that's when we found some quotes um, that were things like, and it's probably changed even now if we look at these. But when we started researching, we found that 85% of the jobs available in 2030 have not even been invented yet. And that came from Dell, the computer company Dell. That's a lot. That's a big percentage. And when you think about our students and the age that they'll be in 2030, that's when they'll start looking for jobs. We went even beyond that and found that 60% of the careers that we're teaching students about will be automated or gone within 10 to 15 years. So it didn't make sense for us to hold up a tool and try to generate interest in a career that could be gone by the time they start applying for jobs. And I think that was our realization that it was more important that we taught essential skills that would be applicable to jobs that will remain and jobs that we can't even fathom yet. We talked about in our um, Boston presentation what jobs will be gone. And um, do you want to tell that story? Um. Is this is this a story where uh, one of the counselors in that meeting decided they would quit counseling? Is that the story that you wanted? Was, to- that was one of the stories that came from this. You also offended someone greatly. Because oh, I did, I did. I will tell that story. One of the careers that we mentioned was agriculture as we know it, and uh, it was instead of a counselor, it was an ag teacher. This was for this was ASCA. And she came up and, and basically what she was saying was um, that we, uh, that, that's, that, that wasn't true. And, and what I want to say, what I wish I'd said now is the school that is in my community is called um, Aggies. And Aggie stands for agriculture. And I wish I had told her that at one point that school was, 90% farmers and now in the graduating class I can think of one farming family so it has changed agriculture has changed and it has gone the way of, this is just one example of the jobs but it has gone the way of the conglomerate and the big corporations and I think we learned it's a very small percentage that all the food comes from but that was just one of the jobs but there there were others and all we were saying is, and she was very kind. She was. was very kind, and I did. You know, I was like, "Thank you for your input. I totally understand. You know where you're coming from." Yeah, and we were just saying that these jobs are going to become more automated. So, right, that's all we were saying. The face of 
farming may be different. Now, you know, I love to tell the story of a teacher that I used to work with during one of yes. our monthly data meetings where we look at the students that are movable to the next level. We were discussing one student in particular, and I asked the question, what motivates him? Thinking that maybe we could find something that he enjoys and use that uh, to encourage him. And she said to me, well, video games, but we all know there's no future in that. And Kim, I'd like to explain this. If you were to search for the GIF or GIF, however you say it, confused monkey, whichever one of those comes up, that is my facial expression when she said that. I looked at her yeah. like, you've got That's to. good. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is the future. Um, we have learned, even since doing this, that there is a huge market for esports, that that is a million billion dollar industry and that now colleges and some high schools even have esports teams. So that is the future. And um, one of my favorite quotes, sort of along the same lines, comes from Gary Vaynerchuk. And he talks about that mindset that if we don't realize that YouTubers, that that is a, a valid career option now and video gaming, that the responses like what that teacher gave reveal a total lack of understanding about the kind of world we live in. And that comes from his book, Crushing It. And, and Laura, if I'm getting ahead of where you want to go with this, I just want to say that we spoke to, and you know, we think that um, the, uh, the millennials and down those generations get this, but uh, I will say in sharing this with students who were in counseling at the university of North Alabama, Am I right? Was that where we were yeah. speaking? That, you know, we opened up by just saying, think of all the jobs, say, that the phone has can do that used to be somebody's job. And that, you know, they started thinking about everything that it will do and that who, who knew even 10 years ago some of the things that this phone is able to do. And uh, we, we wanted them to think, and I was astounded, and I think we showed a video of, of like some of the jobs that we already, you know, we talked about why would you not need movie stars? Well, because they can already replace with non-real people, or they can put somebody that's uh, passed away into a movie, as they yeah. did with, with um, in, in Star Wars with Carrie Carrie Reynolds? Carrie. Uh, I was doing Leia. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, we talked about truck drivers. And already in Germany, truck drive, truck trucking's on the road without the driver. And, you know, getting them to see and to think differently. You think about um, Whole Foods and some of these places that you can go in. You don't need checkout. Some of the things, and I think in the world that we're living in now, the COVID, that what we were talking about back in 2019 that's expedited this whole process of moving it even faster than what we were talking about earlier because we have taken so many of the that human um you know check out or that person there's different ways that we're learning to do things so we good or bad agree or don't agree our job is to prepare students for a world that we really don't know what is to come. So we've got to, to te teach essential skills. I you may have jumped ahead, but you go ahead. 
Can't let this go. Did you say expedited? Expedited. Okay. But I like to use expedited because that just means that I'm smarter than you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we are we are creators of words around here. So okay. we are wordsmith, if you will. And and let me just say a funny. Can I can I just share a funny Please. about what we learned? When we were doing this in Boston, we were we were uh, just like this is just really hard for people to understand how you know how how vast vastly these changes are you know going to change the landscape and, and and never before have we seen anything like this. And then we walked around in a graveyard in historical Boston, and we saw some of the jobs that they did, and it was like wig maker, yeah. And, oh, well, let me see, that job did disappear. And, you know, it had the jobs of some of these folks that had passed away and were like, well, you know, when's the last time you've seen, you know, um, the old want ads uh, needed a wig maker for, right. you know, or a, um, there was one though, because we do still have wigs, but there was one, something about tallow. I, I don't know. It was, it was just weird. It's something about candles. So this isn't new. In history, there's been revolu uh, revolutions before, you know, where it's uh, industrial revolution and different revolutions that brought change, but we're definitely in the middle of one. Yeah. So that led us to ask the question of each other and of you listeners, how can we expose students to careers that exist outside of our communities? Because even for our career fairs, and there's nothing wrong with this, but we were bringing in people that they already know. They they may go to the dentist or they may take their animal to the vet. And we were having these people come in and talk about their careers. Now that's still important because we're exactly still, we still yes. need those things. Um, but we also wanted to broaden their mindset. Kim and I both live in a very and y'all know I can't say this word rural community. And so how do we let our students know that there is a world outside of where we live and there are careers beyond where we live? And not only that, but expand their mindset to think of careers that may not even exist. So how do we do that? Well, we have seen this. We spoke about this in 2019. So y'all need to understand the world has changed since 2019. And this was revolutionary, I think, whenever we talked about it. But using Google Hangouts and Zoom meetings, Skype, FaceTime, to meet with people who have careers outside of our communities. As you know, I um, talked with a marine biologist. I have a huge number of students that want to be a marine biologist, but they've never even visited the ocean. They don't even know. They just think that sounds great. So I thought, well, this would be great to arrange this meeting between a marine biologist that I know and my students so they can see her working doing the job you got nothing on that oh oh I was waiting for the <laughs> the finish of that story uh absolutely I mean the world is our oyster the world's the oyster so uh if if and as you said so much has opened up because of the pandemic where people are more willing to Zoom and meet with students. And, um, you know, now more than ever, use this. Get, you know, and I think, you know, there's Skype a scientist and there's different, you know, Google formats that, that, that already are established. So you're not having to reinvent, reinvent the wheel 
on meeting with some of these folks. And our experience has been these people love sharing their knowledge with students. I think that's very rewarding for them. The students love it. And so we know now that it's easy to go beyond our community because we've done it for the past, what, what are we, eight months in to this where we're living yes. differently? Yes. Uh, Nepris is another website that allows you to connect with someone with a, a career and you can make these connections and use them in your lessons. We talked about doing a virtual career fair and it's so funny because again, this idea, can I call you out on it for a second? Uh, do it. You were like, I don't, I don't understand a virtual career fair. I don't, I don't get that. I don't see what you're saying. When we were planning this um, presentation, you were like, I think you're lying. I'm not. Okay. I'm going to go with it. Okay. But since then we've done two podcasts and maybe even a blog post on virtual career fairs because school ended for most of us in March and that is around the time that I know you and I both teach career careers yes. and mm-hmm. you have a massive career fair that is, that's a whole other topic that we need to talk about because you do it wonderfully. But um, we had to think, okay, how do we move this? Virtually? Right. Yes. Yes. As did the rest of the country, if they were right. going to do one and now if they didn't do one at the end of last school year, uh, a lot of students are virtual this year. A lot, even if you're not, you're doing traditional. Those limitations of bringing a big group of people in. Uh, so a lot of folks, I feel like, are going to be looking at the, these virtual career fairs. Yeah, and just to give a couple rubber meets the road because you know that's one of our phrases. Um, easy ways to set up a virtual career fair. Um, my mind goes two different directions. You can have um, some people in these various careers submit 10-minute videos of what they do, a day in the life of whatever career you pick, and then have students, um, sort of like those Bitmoji classrooms where you click on something. Instead, yeah. you click on the career that you're interested in, it takes you to that page with that video. So that's yes. one way to do a virtual career fair. You could also hold a Zoom meeting with various rooms so the kids can go into the room of whoever's speaking at that time. So we've just, our mind has expanded since March on how to do virtual career fairs. And, and as we have said over and over about every aspect of school counseling, if, if you can do it traditionally, we can find a way to do it virtually. Yeah. There's tools, there's apps, there's, there's ways to, ways to do that. And I like your second option of the zoom, uh, because that enables that as as personable as you can be, because they're there and you can do the, the chat and the questioning and those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, the other benefit to doing a virtual career fair is when someone, and, and again, most people do not mind at all. They're honored to be asked to attend a, a, a career fair at your school. Um, but when they do attend a career fair at your school, they have to do drive time there. Then they have to set up. They have the however long you do your career fair and then drive time back to wherever they are. A virtual career fair could 
eliminate some of that travel time and setup time and things like that. So it could put them back in their job, you know, take less time away from their job. So that, and, and just think of, like you said, I'm not going to get a marine biologist out yeah. in my neck of the woods, but. Well, they definitely can't bring their dolphin. Well, they're not going to bring the dolphin. We've tried that. It was very unsuccessful. Should I but, do a dolphin call or like. Please, right now. Time? No, right now. Now. Do it. That is like right now, please stop what you're doing in this career and do the dolphin call career because and you are amazing. If you live by the ocean and you were listening to this, then I'm sorry for whatever dolphins are about to beach themselves because if it's because they think it's mating season, <laughs> it's mating season in the land of dolphins. But yeah, I think just a virtual career fair opens up so many more options. Yes. All right, this is one of our favorite topics, virtual reality expeditions. And this is something we had the most fun with in Boston because we brought those virtual reality goggles through how many different security checkpoints? Uh, it was it was a job yeah. because we we there's they're you know, they're not like we had to be so careful with them, so we had to check those. And if our luggage got lost, that was fine. But we could not have these Google um, uh, goggles, Google goggles lost. So every they had to, we had to go through special lines. And I was strip searched six times, and I'm not sure it was related to the Google goggles. It wasn't. It's, it's okay. Your, uh, physique. Okay. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. It. Yeah. Fair enough. We do these virtual reality expeditions through Google Expeditions, and this is so simple. Google Expeditions has it figured out. They know how busy our lives are, and they spell it out beautifully for us. So if you search career expeditions, they have tons and tons of career expeditions. Not only that, they have virtual college tours. Um, some of the colleges have their own tours, and they give you points to look at. They give you the script to follow with your students and make it so simple. And, and Laura, you know, people always ask us, what is the cost? What did, what tools do you need to make this work? Um, and there are a couple of options. You know, there, there are the, uh, the plastic, the hard, the, um, I, I guess the, that have the phone in it already if you wanted to go that route and um you can buy those we suggest talking to your um maybe your your school system you can write a grant but this google to as a selling point they do more than just career and college yeah. you can use them for social studies science anything i mean it's it just it's there are so many topics that Google Expeditions have. Uh, so I think Best Buy is a big seller of these. So, but you can Google where to get the virtual reality goggles. We, we, our system has them. And then after our system bought them, the different counselors wrote grants to have them at their own schools. But um, you can get them with their own uh, hotspot, with their own, um, uh, phones inside there so that you're just ready to go good to go and I think we we decided that the cost for about 30 is 
give me a price because I I, I, I can't remember. I had something in my mind, but then I want to say fifteen thousand. Okay, but that I may be don't don't that don't even I'm I'm horrible with numbers. I'm going to stop right there. I don't that can't be right. That well, be the right. point is, have yes. your tech people contact Best Buy. They have an educational representative, <laughs> I believe, that can um, help your school system like figure out how to afford these, whether it's through a grant um, or I don't know. We had tech money. Our system had tech money and that's how they used it. And when you see, okay, our school system, lots of different schools within our school system share it. It was a great use of money because it's not just benefiting one department or one person. Everybody can use these. So talk it up that way. But that is our most asked question is how did you all get these and how can I get these in my school? So, but that's not the only option. So let's talk, Laura, about the cheaper option, the go-to option that you can uh, pretty much get going quickly if you if you don't have the money or the grant money or the tech to get the the best option. You can use another good option. There are cardboard goggles, and I used to have mine around here, but I don't. Um, but there used to be card or there are cardboard options. You will have to have your own phone to put in the cardboard option. So that's one reason why the Best Buy, um, case is great because they also send you the phone to go with the goggles. They send you a router and stuff like that. But with the cardboard, you'll need to have phones donated or, However, the students, works. the students can use their own phones. Yeah. I don't know many high schoolers who don't. And then you might just have extra phones for those who don't. Does it so, have to be an iPhone? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Doesn't the button have to be at a certain spot? But I think for most of them, unless it, it can't be a flip phone. But if it's a phone and it may have to be an iPhone. Well, I don't know. Maybe we need to not talk about this since clearly we don't know anything about Clearly, we have not spoken 20 times on this subject. Yeah. I don't I don't know that we've ever had that like Yeah. It, it, so if it, uh, it can't be an old flip phone, I do know that, but if it is yeah, like who you uses an old flip phone anymore. You? You. <laughs> the only person I know. So, um anyway, the, this is these are great options. And, you know, this is the deal. These expeditions are on whether you're using Google goggles or not. You can still, because we have found that some students get sick using that virtual reality and they don't, you don't have to have the glasses. Now, the glasses make it the effect and like you're there. I mean, you really feel like you are at that business or that site. But um, students who can't use them, they can still be participants. Yes. And like we said, there are so many career options. If your kids are interested in it, then there's probably an expedition out there for them. So, and like I said, it tells you exactly what to say as the... um, the guide, you're able to see who's looking where you've asked them to look and who's looking away. It's just a great, great tool. Um, helps with so much. And, and the guide is huge. I mean, yeah. when I say it's all done for you or when you have said that, 
it is literally all done for you. It is, you put them on and you say, look here. And it just, you just read through that guide. And um, it's, it's, it's an amazing experience for students. And I encourage you to, to maybe Google some videos where students, you know, the response uh, that on their faces when they're doing these expeditions, it's priceless. Yeah. Um, lastly, we talked about 21st century pen pals and, you know, back in the day we used to, um, maybe connect through mail. And I think that's still important. Who doesn't still love getting mail? My girls love to get mail. Uh, but now we have opportunities to zoom with students, um, Google meets. We also have access to new places through technology. Just this week, I saw some, I saw a school counselor asking other school counselors, hey, who wants to connect your students and my students for this? It teaches some of those 21st century schools, communication, for example, um, and just collaboration, critical thinking, creativity. Some of those skills are taught through pen pals. You can connect with a classroom in another country. And when you get the time dis- time zone figured out, I can't even imagine how exciting it would be to have kind of a show and tell between that classroom and this classroom. And I don't know, just showing, I, I think this could extend into social studies or into math and talk about the exchange rate between that country and this country and just some of the differences. Um, anyway, and the school counselor can arrange this. That is such an important skill. You know, when when um, you think about when as this, you know, just the folks that you and I had the privilege of talking to all over the United States, and we love to talk to them about what's going on where they live and, and a little bit. Even within the United States, there's there are differences, mm-hmm. and and it just exposes students to different ways of thinking and different ways of doing things, and those those are the essential skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was one of our biggest moments was just realizing that we need to to teach 21st century skills rather than holding up a tool or a chef's hat or things like that. And there are going to be careers that will stay with us forever. And, and, and let me encourage school counselors to think outside the box. Sometimes I think that we think that we have to be in front and instructing. And then, you know, we have this formula and I love my formula of teaching, yeah. maybe a short video, maybe an activity, but sometimes it's important to let students explore Mm-hmm. and to let students critically think together. And we may not think that's our job, but if we think about careers differently, then maybe uh, we set up centers. And we may not think, well, why would that be a counselor's job to set up centers? But if if you have a group of students and, and maybe, um, maybe you're doing a center on... Um, I don't remember the center, what the topic was, but I had the veterinarian's office for students to go through. And then in another sentence, they're playing a game and they have to figure out, you know, how they're going to get along with one another and who's going to do this first or whatever. And, um, you know, just allow play time with your younger students. And um, 
with your older students, just sometimes even debating an issue or, you know, there's not a right answer. You're just getting them to critically think or think outside the box, um, work together, communicate, collaborate, all of these things that we need to give them an opportunity. And it may not look like the traditional counseling scene. Right. I love that. You just hit on so many, so many perfect uh, 21st century skills, cultivating curiosity and just all these things that centers, just setting this up will um, do for our students with us sort of being hands off. We're a lot of hands on right there at the beginning, getting everything set set up, but then we can just stand back and watch our students do exactly what they're going to be doing in their careers. They're going to be working independently and so we're preparing them for that. That's a great point. Think critically, yeah. And, and you know, we do a lesson where we talk about well, a lot of jobs are going to be filling needs. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's one of the lessons that we do is for them to think of a need. And I'm always astounded at them, the things that kids can come up with and how they would fix that need. What, what, are, they, what are they coming up with? that would address a need and that is we we're seeing we're seeing children who are making money already yeah because they're filling a need and and to get kids to see that is important and and that falls right along with that volunteering and caring about other people looking at other people's needs how can i help and and those are things that will help invent jobs or invent solving the problem, which is going to be the career that that some of these kids may have. Perfect. You summed it up perfectly. Thank you. Entrepreneurship. Gonna be huge. All right, Kim. We've been doing some scenarios and some stories. So today I have a scenario for you that I would like for you to talk out. And um, and I'm nervous because I don't know what this scenario is. Okay. So here it is. All right. So we had someone message us and say that they did an individual counseling session with a student. And that student is a good student um, having some friendship troubles as reported by her parents. So she's not the one that brought it to the counselor. Okay. Okay. So... Uh, The parents requested an individual session with the student. So the counselor went and got the student and the student was very respectful. So it wasn't like a disrespectful situation, very respectful, but stone faced would not answer. No technique that this counselor tried would crack this student to get her to talk. So what do you do in a case like that? I know I've got my my bag of tricks, but it sounds like this counselor tried several things that I would have suggested. No. Yeah. And, you know, not every student is going to fall into, you know, for the most part, if you've done counseling long enough, it's in school counseling, I mean, you pretty much get what you um, you're using a technique and you pretty much know what you're going to get. And then you can have those outliers and you're going, there's nothing. I, 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 there is nothing that fits with this student. And I get that. That happens more, more than just can't crack them to talk, but you can't, 
you know, whatever you're trying, it's not working for whatever that situation. My first thing, well, there's two things. And then I want to, you piggyback on, on these two things. My first thing is, it sounds like there could be some underlying fear of talking, uh, some retaliation, some, um, because this is not a troublemaker, you've said, I think. I remember this situation now. It was a, just a typical student that doesn't usually have behavior problems. So it could be a, a trust factor. And with that, I would think that it may take building a relationship of, you know, over a period of time. And it, it may not, it may just be having that same student come in three or four times just to, to build before you even get her to, you know, acknowledge or talk about something. So it may just be that it's got to, you know, she's got to learn to trust the counselor because she may not, you know, that may take some time. The second thing is um, I have found that writing things out sometimes uh, I know that my principal and I had a student who would not talk and would not open her mouth and I said and it was a it was a pretty big incident and it was we need we need we didn't have the time I mean we needed to get to bottom of this incident that day and um I asked her if she could talk to someone else and um the problem you know was solved just by getting her to talk to who she was comfortable telling so there may be somebody else besides the school counselor. And we know that's okay. It doesn't have to be us. We're advocates. We want to get them plugged in. So I would see, is there someone else that you can talk to? Also writing. And we've talked about this. Uh, you and I will have a student write when sometimes the words won't come, but they feel like they can write it down. So I would try that. That would be my next steps. Piggyback on that. Your thoughts? Well, uh, my suggestion was kind of like what you said, establishing that rapport with the student and mm -hmm. building the relationship over time. One of the fastest ways I think to do that would be to put this student in a small group with other girls. First of all, she's having trouble with girls. Secondly, okay, I think that uh, girls love to be in small groups. And even if she's standoffish, I think watching the other girls interact with the counselor mm -hmm. could help her open up and see even the way that they exchange with the counselor, maybe she could realize, okay, they are being sarcastic or they are, this isn't always directed at me or whatever's going on with the other girls in her grade. I don't know. Plus a good small group, I think solves a lot of problems. So that was my suggestion. So if you answer, if you ask that question, then there is your answer. You know who you are and thank you for asking. Absolutely. Um, now I'm not going to do a scenario. I'm going to do a story okay. that I read. Okay. And this is about a, um, a POW and this POW's name was Robbie Reisner and he was in a POW camp called, they nicknamed it the zoo. Okay. And it was I'm going to have to stop you right here because there are some things I can't handle and it is veteran stories I am already nervous that I will not be able to close this out from blubbering so heads up if I can't speak I need you to close this out okay 
that is a soft spot for my heart too. You know that I have hard time at even veterans days. Oh, I'm, I can't even just, I'm like overwhelmed because I'm just so grateful and thankful. And, yes. and, and you know, this, we are the ones that we hope that they're putting the hat on that says I'm a veteran and they mean it. Like they just didn't get it at a yard sale because we are on them. Like, uh, June bugs on a chicken. That's that was not like a duck on a June bug. A duck. Thank on a you. Bug. I'm overwhelmed, so I cannot speak right now. So, do you notice you tried to be overwhelmed, and I overwhelmed? You're overwhelmed <laughs> at this. I'm, I love them more than you ever thought about loving them. That's my problem. So, anyway, Robbie Reisner was in Hanoi in this uh, POW camp. And, you know, it was just horrific, the solitary confinement, the starvation, the torture, the beatings that were routine. I won't go into specifics because I know it would be too hard for you to listen to. But it just imagine being a prisoner seven and a half years. So he does describe this as if um, everything was sad and dismal. And if you could describe despair, that was you know, if you squeeze despair, out would come gray, lead color, dingy, and dirty. That was just his existence. And he uh, found a grate in the floor of this hole that he's in. And he dug that grate off and he saw a single blade of grass. And he said that that became his, like a blood transfusion for his soul. And, um, you know, it's it really is that story is is about uh he had a colorless life but he went on a search for something uh to change his mind to help him to to deal with this and so you know it's not it's not talking about the eyes it wasn't really talking about that blade of grass it was really talking about how he found something to change his attitude, his vision, um, something that he could make a daily decision to dwell on the harshness and the mistreatment. But he dwelt on what he could find that was good, even if it's a single blade of grass. So, you know, it doesn't take it's, it's not hard to find something to complain about. I mean, if we look hard enough, we're going to find something to complain about. But uh, sometimes we just need to be on that lookout for that blade of grass. Yeah. And I think part of our job sometimes is students and we know what their conditions are and what they're living through. And sometimes it's just helping them because, you know, we say the battlefield is in the mind and to help them find, if you will, the blade of grass to get through this time period that they may be in. That is good. And so much perspective on what we take for granted a lot of times. Absolutely. That too. You know, that too. So yeah. anyway, I just read that and I wanted to share that. Yeah. Look for the good and, yeah. and help our students look for the good. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes what our students are living in is hard and you know, it's, it's, it can break us as school counselors emotionally. It's exhausting. And, um, you know, we have dealt a lot on our podcast with um, professionals like, um, you know, Ruby Payne and different folks that, you know, we've we've gone over the Maslow before Bloom. And, you know, it can just be overwhelming to think, how do we really get in there and help these students 
uh, and and sometimes it's just a daily battle. So we need to for ourselves look for the blade of grass, but really help try to get our students through a difficult. If we can get them to see that there's life past this, you know, just keep going. So yeah. All right. Well, you guys know that you can subscribe to our podcast and we'd love for you to leave feedback uh, so that others know that, hey, it is worth listening to sometimes. So uh, rate us. I love that. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Rate us. Leave a comment. Uh, You can join our Counselor Accents Facebook group. And every now and then we post on Instagram, but we're very sorry we're not consistent on that. We're working on it. We're working. We're getting our lives right. Is there anything else that we do that people can join us on? I like to say ring my bell, but that's just because that's a song that I can sing. But you always tell me just leave it off because you don't know, you don't think ring my bell is a real thing. So I'm leaving that off. Okay. Well, okay. Oh, that that does bring up a good point though. You can watch us on YouTube. So these episodes are available on YouTube as well. Very good. All right. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.